0: composing the mind, the one point that includes everything or the one point that excludes <clears> or <throat> well, the posture of the body itself as experience and the breath the state of mind you're in, the mood, the quality of mental feeling that you're experiencing, the sound of silence. So this, this uh, puts you in this reflective mode, the sati sati sampajanya. So during this retreat, this, this, this reiteration of this, because even though, uh, it's quite obvious and, uh, uncomplicated in the teaching, uh, just understanding it and, and the, and, uh, having moments of it, uh, then we tend to fall back into, the old patterns of thinking, striving, achieving caught in patterns of memory and emotion <clears throat> so say, in, in integrating this into uh, daily life is to get familiar, so you, you know this as a as a natural state, This uh, this attitude of open, relaxed Attention, receptivity. You know, so, in, in terms of practice or pavana, uh, it's mainly getting familiar with it. So, you, you, you know this, you, you recognize it, you, you treasure it rather than just seeing it as something that might happen on a specially organized retreat. Because we tend to connect the the conditions very much with the experience. (coughs) So we have to have peace and quiet, have to have, uh, you know, a lot of sitting, uh, noble silence, no responsibilities, nothing to interfere, then I can be mindful. And that tends to be uh, the assumption one makes from from having that insight under maybe ideal conditions, or very good supportive conditions that are on-demanding and tranquilizing. So, in terms of integrating awareness into daily life, to it's, just it's re- reflect on the, the how things are. Uh, the state of mind you're in, of just being able to, to trust yourself to observe in the midst of uh, demanding situations or frustration, confusion, busyness, having duties, responsibilities, and so forth. Is we can always learn and how to be responsible without grasping the ideal of responsibility how to to work without falling back into the patterns of uh, of uh, perfunctoriness and Ways that we we look at and 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 hold the perceptions of work, duty, responsibility, accountability, monastic discipline, Theravada tradition. So what I've been in emphasizing is how we, we you know, the, the cultural conditioning of the mind, Western cultural conditioning, very much, you know, an, an, a culture of idealists, ideals. You know, so we idealize, we have standards, principles, ideals that are beautiful and high and good and moral and all that. So. Is not not it uh, 's not to dismiss that, but to put it in its proper context, which takes reflection, not analysis if you start analyzing yourself then you am I really you know being responsible, and am I performing my duty properly and and uh, am I keeping the rules properly and am I pure and am I loyal and all this these kind of this is this is operating from the self view and comparing it with an ideal (coughs) so remember the the self the, the conditioned self is is very changeable that's why we can love and hate the same person you know people you love you can also hate and, and uh, traditions and institutions and teachers and very good things that you're very loyal feel loyalty toward devotion uh, gratitude and yet you can also feel resentment and aversion so, you know, in terms of the conditioned self, it's, it's changeable. It's not a refuge that, uh, you know, that you can depend upon. Because you can't make yourself, you know, if you're determined to, to only, you know, feel positive about somebody, then you're not acknowledging the, the negative reactions you have. that's not awareness that's, that's being caught in in trying to become perfect or attain these ideals as some kind of personal quest trying to become an ideal monk or nun or lay person so I hope that this this uh, this practice of sati-sampachanya, mindfulness, apperception, direct knowing. It's, It's a direct knowing. It's not knowing about or coming from grasping ideas and then deducting from principles and ideals. It's not analytical. And this direct knowing is 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 not conditioned by education or that is not cultural or um, something that you have to acquire it's learning to recognize and to trust in the direct awareness to recognize or realize this then is a, is a point of like formal meditation practices of vipassana so that you once you have that insight and recognize then that is a stream entry, isn't it? It's that you see the path, it's a matter of of Pawana after that, of developing that. In, in daily life not just under ideal doesn't have to be under ideal conditions <coughs> because ordinary life daily life is is uh, you know is what it is it's changeable and subject to all kinds of other influences beyond one's control so one doesn't need to control everything or try to Manipulate the world according to what you would like, but learn to trust this openness of the heart, this freedom of the heart, this relaxation, holiday of the heart, opening awareness and direct knowing. If, you know, the self view is always, if you're idealistic with high standards and high principles and attached, blindly attached to that, then there's always a lot of fear in one's life. <coughs> because it's, uh, there's, you know, there's a sense of, can I live up to it? Am I good enough? And, and when, when you fail or you fall apart or you, lose it and then there's a sense that then we you know feel like failures, we criticize we hate ourselves so then this, there's, no, there's no way to liberation through this, through this way through attachment to the conditioned realm or to the ego or the self-view that's like you know, I've always kind of found the, the, some of these anti war films interesting, you know, because they oftentimes portray, you know, the human being under stress where everything, even life's in danger and everything's falling apart. <clears throat> in battlefields or in dangerous situations, moral, situa- uh, you know, lack of morality, where it's, you know, save yourself or kill the enemy or whatever, you know, one is, is living in a situation where there's no moral boundaries, it's just survival. <clears throat> and then there's these these attitudes of loyalty and fighting for the uh, the ideals of democracy, and then seeing the hypocrisy that all that, that you experience around you of uh, is the what one says and the ideal and then the reality of the messiness of military life and and uh, the self serving interests and the prejudices that that are conveyed through the human individuals because these are in extreme conditions like war, battlefields and that or, uh, hopefully that we'll never have to be tested out in what but uh, it is uh, it is you know. When we're sitting here in the temple at Amravati, making moral judgments against uh, people caught in these uh, very uh, horrible situations, it always seems to me very arrogant and hypocritical to, to pass moral judgments. When, when say our life, you know, is very, has all the, has very supportive conditions for awareness and for morality and trust. Where we, we can live here and we, we can, you know, the conditions are excellent in terms of the moral commitment that everyone has so the the ability to trust each other on that level Mm -hmm. a tradition Mm -hmm. and uh, and, uh, that we respect and can uh, are encouraged to put into practice teachings of the Buddha and so forth and these are, remember these are very good conditions for uh, this practice, for developing tranquility for uh, reflecting on the way things are for Pawana. <coughs> but then uh You know, we can get dependent on ideal conditions and er go into London and get totally shattered by somebody insulting us on the underground. I mean, we can—you know—our level of of being able to to uh, endure can becomes verified if we aren't really recognizing the power of mindfulness. Not just under the ideal, but in the very uh, you know unpleasant conditions that we might have to experience mm. so so in uh, in uh, in my own experience, you know trying to integrate to use this awareness to access it to be that e- even in the midst of of acrimonious situations, quarrels, misunderstandings that happen to me in terms of monastic life or traveling or when the conditions change, uh, being able to to trust in this awareness, to to, to be that in the midst of uh, activities, mm. <coughs> confusing situations Now, just say in the confusing situations, confusion is where many conditions are maybe coming at you at the same time. So, you know, on the level of of sensory experience and intellectual interpretations, we and emotional habits, we can be all over the place. And so sometimes we we gravitate towards isolation. You know, let me leave me alone, you know, I want my space in my kuti, and, and I don't want any irritation or frustrating uh, conditions, because it just upsets me and confuses me. I've got to get my samandi, is the cry of the samana. So in this retreat, hopefully you know, you're beginning to recognize or really develop, cultivate or power this path, this way of awareness. It's always here and now. So wherever your, your body is in the Middle of London, Bangkok, or airport, or family, or temple, ideal, or totally confusing. And once you recognize the power of awareness, this is your refuge. This is, this, this will include the situation. It's not shutting down and refusing the confusion and chaos of a situation. So, so contemplate when the confu- when conditions are confusing, when you feel confused and don't know who you are, or what to do. There's an awareness of that. You know, so one, you know, obviously, as a in the middle of a confusing, chaotic scene, when I feel so confused. By it, I don't know what to believe. What should I do? When, but there's an awareness too at the same moment if you trust that the awareness of confusion of of frustration. And now that awareness as you as as you identify it, recognize it, rest in it, that is not confused. Maybe your emotions are all confused and the sensory experience is a confusing one. So then, these I want clarity, and so we we move because we want clarity as an ideal. Then we want to have clear thoughts, or uh, emotionally feel confident, or clear, have clear emotions, or confidence, or you know refinement. And so then we we think uh, you know that that the situation, the confusing, chaotic situation, is to blame. Because we, we are lost in the aramana, in the mental state. So like in Satipatthana, this is with Chittanupasana Satipatthana, this being the knower of the mental state. Now this this knowing is clear, it's very clear, it's precise. It can know confusion, it's confusion. It's not trying to to make confusion into clarity or chaos and and war into peace it's not struggling with anything it's just open to to know things know this moment as it is is like this so the the clarity the sense of clarity and certainty of developing the path is from this awareness not from memory, or not depending on um, ideal condition <clears throat> so in the, like the ego, when we have because we all want to be good people, then we tend to feel guilty. Uh, about the, the negative feelings we have. So that's the ego, you know, the guilt. Guilt is ego, we create that. It's the sense of oneself self as the five kundas, attachment to ideals, and, uh, and then the resultant karma of that way, of those conditions. So, when one feels negative emotions, one feels anger or aversion, resentment, fear, jealousy, worry, anxiety, then to know these, they are what they are, you know, so this, then this, these are all occasions for reflection. Rather than for judgment and guilt then in in uh Tamanu Pasana Satipatthana, the foundation of mindfulness, these very helpful teachings of the Buddha, just seeing things in terms of Dhamma, which isn't, you know, a projection, not projecting the idea of Dhamma onto all experience but in the awareness as you trust and 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 appreciate and surrender to the awareness of the moment then the experience is in terms of dhamma the way things are the truth of the way it is <coughs> it's not trying to to convert everything into dhamma language or concepts in the pali canon those are there for kind of guiding you for uh, reflection not for attachment so in this way you know the the uh, the third fetter attachment to conventions to the creations of the mind to institutions Even the good ones, like Buddhism or the the varieti dhamma and so forth, the the uh, scriptures, what the teacher says, attachment to to those is is silappattu paramasa. Because they're they're not that isn't their purpose. They're not to be attached to, but to point you know they're directional signs not the thing in itself So for stream entry then recognize the first three fetters are are merely the artificial things we create out of ignorance. The cultural conditioning, the ego, the self view, the language that we use, attachment to concepts. No, so that this there's the sakititi which these are, these are the these are like artificial things, synthetic conditions we create under the present moment so like Sakyadity is, say, in terms of English ego or the self-view I create myself into this moment it's, it's, it's not that creation is, you know, based on ignorance The self, you know, as a, as a reality, is as is as real me and mine, is a projection into the present based on conditions. And I've said before how the self changes according to conditions. The battlefield in Vietnam, in the midst of, uh, uh, of all kinds of uh, violence, is, uh, is that the same self as sitting here in the temple on a retreat when is retreat <laughs> you know the conditions change when you're traveling to to Thailand you know the in the airport and from Heathrow on the airplane landing in Bangkok and so forth you see you're the The personality changes according to the conditions, who you're with, and and, uh, the uh, environment around you. So the constant factor in any is, is is the awareness of that. So, in the it's to to recognize anatta or non self is not is not uh, you know not not a position to take to try to make yourself into to a no-self but but a reality that you you realize through awareness So in terms of my own practice it's reality Getting so familiar with this state, with this natural awareness, in the present. It's it's it become it if you practice it with pavana and and, and develop it, you know. It's, then it it's it's the stronger force. Where at first, when uh, you know, at first the 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 ego was the stronger force. My emotional problems and my views and opinions could easily dominate my conscious experience. Like when I first went to live with Lung Po you know, there were moments of awareness, and then it's easy to fall back into my own, what I think and what I like and... And how I think, how I believe things should be, and what I think of the place and myself and everything—you know—becomes very, uh, you know, it takes you. It would take me over. I'd be caught into this vortex of self, self-importance, self-obsession. Just you know, even though I'd had insight into anatta it's uh, th- But then the life itself, monastic life, is pointing always at this. Uh, Lung Po Chao is very good at this, at getting one to see, getting me to see how I create this self and get caught up in my own emotional habits, reactions, personal views, and opinions about everything. So I never felt, you know, that he was, he was kind of... Um, brainwashing me or telling me what I should be thinking about anything that wasn't wasn't he wasn't he wasn't trying to make me into a Buddhist monk as some conditioned thing some ideal but he was using the monastic form for awareness so I could relate to that because the, uh, the living in those conditions where you're taking on a restrained way of life. You know, a monastic form, a kind of very strict binaya. Uh, living in a, in a totally different culture and climate. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of frustration, a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of... Uh, you know brings up fears and and all kinds of emotions when you're when, when the things that you're used to the culture that you're used to the the things that you can take for granted aren't available mm. you have to adapt yourself and and uh, to a new situation So no, the you know the, the the ego was pretty was set into motion. You know it was, it was what was most easy for me at that time to to fall back into my way, my view, me and mine, my fears, my emotional problems, <clears throat> what I should and shouldn't be, how how the monastery should or shouldn't be. It's easy just to. Uh, you know, cause a lot of my ideas were really good. You know, based on high standards and and uh, well that kind of thing. You know, they were kind of one could get very kind of arrogant and righteous. But Longpo Chao is always pointing to not to his monastery as an ideal place, the best monastery in Thailand, and and the you know. You know, promoting it as as some kind of perfect situation that I should never challenge or criticize or just totally accept and worship in itself. His aim was always this awakening, you know not to feel ashamed of being angry or resentful, but of recognizing it, learning to to um, recognize this state of mind. The conditions that that uh, that make this arise, this particular emotion arise. kind of when when we talk about cults and that religious cults isn't it that's usually you know uh, the the criticism of that is that it's uh it's not based on awareness but on attachment you've got to believe and questioningly unquestioningly uh, go along with everything so then you you know we're the best we're the, we've got the true teaching we're the real Buddhists we're the best monastery, I'm the greatest teacher, and, and then we, you know, we this, these are the, the dogmas that you're expected to, to uh, hold to, and unquestioningly, questions are not allowed, and occult, you know, bind you to even very good, good things. So, in uh, to me, the, the uh, what attracted me to this particular style was mainly because it was it was reflective. It wasn't demanding, blind attachment, and and uh, going along with everything unquestioningly, and then feeling. Frustrated and, and feeling it's my fault, you know. A strong teacher can come across as if you doubt, if you have any doubts, it's your fault, and if you have, you don't have enough faith, and it's your ego. You're too ego, t- egotistical. You're too selfish. That's a good one to lay on somebody, isn't it? We all kind of don't want to be selfish. Even as a child, I remember, you know, I. They say you're being selfish, and they make you feel ashamed. <coughs> so, uh, so we grow up with this idea of not being selfish, and then, and oftentimes we're quite uh, altruistic. So we, then somebody says you're selfish because you you're questioning something, or you 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 won't go along with the with the party line, or you're questioning it. So notice this, you know, how, you know, what, what intimidates you in this tradition? <laughs> you know, your life here, with the people you're living with, with hierarchy, with the tradition itself. You know, to, to be aware of, on an unconventional level, of dis-ease or resentment that arise. But the awareness is what is the refuge. You know, That this is what we're after, is what we're pointing to. Because that, you know, that is what you, you, uh, that is the, the practice or the pavana, developing the path, cultivating the path. So the Fourth Noble Truth. The insight is pawana Meditation or cultivation of this awareness, integrating it, you know, through right speech, right action, right livelihood. All of this, the, the things work together. isn't it? The, the the panya, the sila, the samadhi, they integrate. Then the emotional. Uh, our emotions, we become balanced, we have samadhi rather than, you know, samasamadhi, which is a balanced state of being, emotional balance, we're not just caught in the ups and downs of emotional conditioning, like, like the manic depressive or I think they call it bipolar, something. <laughs> I was changing. <laughs> but, but manic depressive is quite interesting combination of words, isn't it? You can go manic, meaning you can go absolutely high as a kind. And then drop into depression. Now, when we we talk about stream entry, this is, you know, generally in Theravada circle, this is quite an attainment. You know, in the way the mind uh, holds that, the the the, this, the four stages, sotapanna, sakadagami, Anakami, arahant. So these these almost become so high and and. uh that, you know, the way we we grasp the concepts from the egotistical position, that this is, the ego wants to become a Narahant. You know, after all these years in this um, monastic life, invested most of my life in the monastic form, Theravada Buddhism, I want something to show for it. <laughs> and so, uh, so the ego wants an attainment, you know, to say I'm at least a stream enterer after all these years, maybe, could be. <laughs> and the ego is, uh, is, um, you know, likes to, to uh, you know, speculate on these on the the meaning of these words. But <clears throat> this is where you'll you'll never you know you can you can convince yourself sometimes that you you've attained these states. <clears throat> uh, you know, by you know there's way we can we can delude ourselves and, and be be very convincing. Uh, on the level of the ego having attained stream entry but when you when you really uh recognize awareness as the way not the ego then there's nothing to attain isn't it it's not it's no no longer personal achievement it's a very practical reality of recognizing the way of non-suffering insight into non-attachment cessation and the path <coughs> recognition of it or, or the rea- reality of it realization <coughs> so enable in, in to us to, to realize this, then these three fetters, the first three fetters, Sakyaditya is the first one. So that is the self-view. So penetrate that. Make it very clear what Sakyaditya is. You know, so you, you're not, it's no longer just some, some abstract idea of an ego that you shouldn't be attached to, or some ideal of of, of anatta or no self, but it's it's what is the reality of no self right now? So for me, when I when I uh, reflect in this way, awareness is not an ego. I can't claim it, and when I claim it as my attainment, it becomes ego. But then I'm I'm not aware i have caught back into the sakyaditi problem. <clears throat> if I go around saying I'm very aware and I, and I'm a stream enter and that kind of thing, then that in itself is uh, you know going back into sakyaditi. But the awareness itself, the awareness, and it can be aware of that. You know, of the self-operating. Because then we go to the other extreme. But the ego will say, well, you're not really, you better not claim anything because it, you could be barachika. Uh, or, you know, you could be, uh, you could be committing a serious offense and you could be uh, mistaken. Uh, you know, who do you think you are that you could ever attain stream entry? When you're still caught in all kinds of doubts and confusion mental states, and you still get angry and you still feel lust and all these uh, impurities, you, you're not you're not anywhere. You couldn't possibly be that. <coughs> so then uh, you recognize that this, that, that this self-doubt, isn't it, whichyikicha. Then, if you've got a kind of very affirmative way of holding things, you can convince yourself that mm-hmm. you're beyond all that, that you're pure, and you've seen the path, and so forth. <coughs> so this whole problem lies in the sakyaditti, vichikicha, and then the silapattibaramasa, the attachment to cultural attitude conditioning, institutional, institutions, traditions, forms of any sort, attachment, not the forms themselves, that's not the problem, the blind attachment. So how to use these terms the four stages, because this is in terms of the Sangha, the four pairs, the eight kinds of noble beings, we, when, you, when we say that, when we chant that, what do we? Are we just merely? Is that what is it? The four pairs, the eight kinds of noble beings, and taking refuge in the four pairs. <laughs> what does that mean? And are there any? You know, where are these four pairs, eight kinds of noble beings? You know so these stages are you know they're, they're based on the ten uh, fetters Sanyojanas. these four stages the uh, sotapanna sakata kamiana arahant. they're you know, don't see them as as for reflection, not as identities. You know, they're, they're conventions in themselves. They're words, poly words, translated into English, and so forth. And then then they sound very personal, like a, a he is a stream enterer, he is a sodapana. That monk is an arahant, and it makes it it puts it back into the conventional uh, way of thinking. You know that this monk isn't is an arahant, that one isn't an arahant, and and so forth. So they become like attainments, PhDs, or you know having achieved something great, difficult. Mm. So what I'm trying to do now just, you know, bring in the attention to learn to, to see that you can't trust that way of thinking. That's a very conditioned, it depends on language, on cultural conditioning, on the way, you know, we, on the ego, on, you know, our own ambition or sense of, you know, worth of achievement or inability to attain or lack of attainment. The ego is is all about this, me and mine, and I've achieved and I haven't achieved, and I. my purity or my impurities, or on and on like this. This is all Sakyaditi. But what is it that is aware of the Sakyaditi of the ego? Of me and mine, and I am this person. That's it. I created that just now, didn't I? I am Ajahn Samay. I create that. I'm thinking that. Those are, that's, I am are English words. Ajahn is a Thai word, tomato is a poly word. It's not even culturally consistent. <laughs> but if i if i uh, you know if i uh, but i can i'm aware that i'm thinking it you yeah. know so that awareness it's very it's very obvious you know it's, and it's one of those oxymorons: that's obvious and subtle <coughs> very simple so you you know from this position then of awareness i can a- i can actually be aware of my feelings of my s- sense of self-worth or lack of it or my possessiveness my obsessive tendencies my my ha- emotional habits my fears and desires these are objects these are, be- are the aramana are the dhamma that the awareness uh reflects they recognize that the, the um, that these three fetters are they're artificial <coughs> you know the sense of oneself is uh, it's, you know well, each one and maybe each one of us has a different sense of self how we see ourselves but it is based on thoughts and ideas, memories. And then people don't know who they are. They're looking for themselves. Who am I? I I don't know who I am anymore. This can be frightening because, you know, if you kind of have a set idea, I'm like this, it gives you a sense of security. (coughs) Because awareness isn't, you can't get it, you can't grasp it, there's nothing to grasp, then it doesn't feel like anything. If we're, if our experience of life is based on grasping, then reality is always about owning things, you know, about controlling things, about manipulating conditions, about trying to make everything the way it makes me feel secure and safe as a person that supports me and and um, builds me up. And and then when, when those conditions are gone, I feel betrayed and disappointed and upset, depressed. How many of you have experienced the sense of betrayal, of having been betrayed by a best friend or a partner or something like this? I have quite ordinary (laughs) and I've noticed now in the Sangha how easily monks and nuns can use this word betrayed so friendship can be a demand for total commitment to me isn't it if you're a loyal friend of mine then you you're you know you've got to support me and and uh, under uh, all the time even if I, even if i'm wrong otherwise you you betray me your duty then as a friend is to make me feel safe love me support me cherish me obey me Make me feel good, make me feel loved and wanted all the time, and then you don't you've betrayed me, you've disappointed me. I can hear this this uh, you know this me, me me wanting I need, I want, I must have and uh, and when when these conditions don't come and feel, you've betrayed me, you've let me down. So observing this, you know, I've observed this in myself, uh, this, this this sense of, I've been betrayed, people have let me down. That's ego, you know, I, I see that very much in the sense of sakya ditti. I mean, it's a natural feeling, but it comes out of that ignorance. It's not to be grasped, uh, or you know, if you are grasping it, to recognize the, the the result of grasping that perception, because in awareness, then it's uh, it has it has this stability, the unshakable stability the unshakable freedom of the heart so it doesn't need propped up and support and conditions you know making making me feel safe and loved and good and wanted and all that because in itself is enough this this stability of awareness it has a it's very strong, and as you cultivate it, then it, you know, it increases. It, it be, it's the stronger. F- it's reality, so it's it ha- it it will embrace everything. Where the other is very shakeable, you know, if my my sense of worth and and acceptability is based on you on you affirming me and saying how much you love me if if that's what I depend on then I'm very shakeable. I can you know, spend my life feeling betrayed because that's a demand, an unfair demand on people isn't it that's making an unfair demand to me you know, in terms of value <laughs> demanding that you you must love me and make me feel safe all the time is asking too much so how can I not be how can you not betray me? <laughs> but with awareness then that that is not making a demand on anybody, isn't it? It's not demanding respect or devotion or loyalty or Friendship or or love or anything else, because it in itself is a refuge so that's why I encourage you to to get get to know this you know so in say this is the last day of the retreat so so it's uh, you know the, then we go back quote into ordinary daily life, unquote, whatever that is, but this sense of retreat, this, this uh, perception of winter's retreat ends. And then the, the insight that, that, because the retreat is set up in a way to, uh, you know, make to give you this, uh, say, space, time, encouragement towards this reality. To recognize, to cultivate, now integrating this into daily life is merely being able to to really observe yourself in the various uh, duties, responsibilities, or conditions that arise, whether it's in the temple, in the sala in the garden in london or whatever So then, composing the mind in the present—isn't it the breath, the body, sound of silence—being able to recognize the, the 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 emotional quality that you're experiencing. But you don't you don't have to label them even. Sometimes they're amorphous or vague, or you know you don't have to define everything. Def, trying to define uh, everything is uh, is an impossibility. Re- definitions are, you know, you can only define up to a point. Then, you know, you don't need to do that. You need to trust in the awareness that doesn't need uh, language anymore, because there is this bunya operating wisdom discernment so as soon as you even define like anger there's a quite an obvious you know s- obvious emotion strong emotion anger but then a lot of what we feel is is kind of weariness or indifference or amorphous kind of mental state Neither high nor low, uh, sadness, loneliness. These are, these are, you know, just ways of pointing at something, but the reality I- is not to attach to, I'm so lonely, kind of, uh, feeling but loneliness feeling lonely or left out is like this you know so you're you're observing the reality of the energetic reality of the present rather than making it into some kind of personal problem once you once it becomes I am lonely then it's more than what it is isn't it it's mine Ajahn us lonely and he it's my problem and it, then it becomes more than what the reality of it is so this feeling of loneliness is uh, you know is, is not to be denied But, or to be blamed on anyone, but to be recognized. It is what it is. In terms of things that help, you know, you have you, you develop. You know, the things will come to you that will you'll find helpful. You know, so upai is. I found you know as as I as I developed this awareness. Now the the very structures of the Pali teachings, I found the kind of foundation for that from that very powerful, four noble truths. But then during my experience of a monk, I found other teachings helpful too. For upayas or different ways of looking at, at the same thing. That's not, you know, that, you know, that it's not to, to grasp the four noble truths. The Theravada teachings and reject everything else, but or sometimes Theravada people have to put down everything else. You know, we we can get, get into this kind of attitude. We are the pure teaching, of the Buddha, and the rest is all made up rubbish. Not really Buddhism. It's Hinduism or <laughs> whatever way you want to dismiss it, <coughs> and so that that's. Than being attached to conventions, isn't it? This dismissal, things. Because maybe we don't want. We just we, we'd like to dismiss everything else, uh, so it increases our sense of being right in our own tradition. <coughs> so just notice that the, this this uh, being threatened by other. Other ways of looking at it. Some people, you know, in, in the Theravada get very upset. And people start, uh, talking about Kuan Yin. And things like <laughs> because uh, this is not Theravada Buddhism. <laughs> but then the, you know, if, if, if that particular icon, you know, has if it helps you to be mindful, why not use it? You know see what the result is. Things you have know, to trust your own kind of uh, you know what, what, what kind of touches you, what what arouses faith, what what helps you you know, this you you know is quite an individual thing, not some some laid out plan that I can Dump onto you, and you, and that's what you have to do. But I find that the more mindful one is, then, then uh, various things. Like I like all the icons. I like all the Hindu icons. You're not a real Theravada Buddhist then, <laughs> but why not? You know their forms, and if they, you know, I know the effect they have on my mind. Not a matter of being loyal to tradition, but but opening to the way things are. What 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 affects you? What what uh, helps? What brings uh, faith or? positive feelings into consciousness now then, Silatabharamasa <coughs> is clinging to these forms you know, that is like superstition or clinging to rites and rituals or attachment out of ignorance. But, but iconic forms, religious forms, are, you know, they have, you know, if, we, if we just reject them, you know, without understanding, you know, we just say it's all just rubbish and superstition, that's, that's an easy way out. But it also can be, you know, a uh, a, a saying that one isn't open to anything one isn't willing to to uh, be aware but just take sides and that's what I don't particularly I don't find uh, helpful to me to take sides on the on in religion you know obviously my my uh, path has been developed through Theravada Buddhism so that that's what I teach that's what I know. I know how to use. If you know how to play the cello, you, I can teach others how to play the cello. Which is not, not any condemnation of pianos, is it? I'm not saying cellos are the real thing and pianos are inferior. <coughs> it's just the instrument I've learned how to play. <coughs> and how to use. So this is you know this is uh, the the Theravada buddhism is i've I've learned how to use how to use this instrument and so I can convey this to others. This is what i you know the the form the the convention that I've found most helpful and that I've used because that's that's what i've developed over many years. But even if you're a good cellist you still like to hear the piano or the or the French horn or the harp. <laughs> you know, one can appreciate music. Uh, it's not that I can only appreciate cello music, is it? It it opens me to that whole spectrum. So well, this is the end of the winter's retreat and uh, I personally enjoyed it. You've been very good uh, group of people, all of you. Monks, nuns, Anagarikas, Anagarikas, lay people. It's gone very well, so express my appreciation for All the support of the of the lay group, and uh, the diligence and commitment of the samanas, and uh, and to encourage the the uh, practice to uh, see it as you know to really develop and. uh, and that takes, you know, y- that that takes patience. It isn't something I can command you to do. And then, in terms of, life, don't worry about it. Don't don't make it into cause celeb, and, and then, then then you, you know, you've got to practice and develop the path kind of attachment. Trust yourself, just to, to uh, the flow of life, to open to it more, to to use situations more, rather than (coughs) try to control situations. And then you can see uh, one's own tendency to idealize certain situations and regard others uh, in uh, in negative terms. And of course, some situations are very much better than others because in terms of good, better, best, bad, worse, worse, these are all about conditioned experience, you know. It's not to, to uh, say, everything is is a ideal, is a wonderful situation because it's not. You know, but it is what it is. So, in, in the more you you kind of look into, even in very frustrating, uh, acrimonious scenes, go to the sound of Science. See if you can, you know, learn to to what is notice what you your heart's doing and what you're feeling. You know, so rather than just getting caught up with (coughs) aversion or resentment or taking sides, just notice what it's like to do that. Even if you are taking sides and and uh, getting caught up in the mood, there's a moment, that moment that you suddenly recognize So you you kind of stop in mid-flight and look. And the more and more you you begin to, like I've developed this reflection on the sound of silence because I, now I hear that all the time. So it's, uh, you know, whatever noisy scene or irritating situation or peaceful or whatever because it's always present so I, I notice that and that for even, even if I forget it the next moment it, it helps just that one one moment of reflection is still cultivating the path it's still power now even though on a, on a personal level you may think you, you're, you're not getting anywhere I don't believe that so you, you know, and trust that every those moments of where you you are aware, you know, rejoice in that, appreciate that, rather than disparage yourself because you can't do it all the time, and you get lost, and you forget, and you 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 blow it, and you're failing, and all that kind of thing. Then that that way of thinking is not worth cultivating, you know, don't believe it, don't, don't wallow in uh, your despair and, and sense of failure. Recognize it, but, but that means stop, just stop creating that and believing it. So there's points of centering right now, composing, like compose the mind, the breath, the body, Sound of silence, these kind of learning to establish that wherever you are just is a way of bringing yourself to to the, to get to know this aware, this point of awareness now so it, it is your your what, what you rest in rather than being thrown about, shaken all over the place by the conditions that are affecting you. Mm-hmm.